edited and then like the prompts put together in specific orders like one at a time not just create a thousand words like that doesn't really work if you want that of course, stuff. Yeah. so again in not really anything i mean like our e-commerce companies we use ai to for like you know some branding exercises and stuff but nothing major not like major operations for literally anything welcome to unmiss your go-to digital marketing hub i'm anatoly ulatovsky here with expert tips and exclusive chats to boost your online game. Let's get started. Hello, good people. Welcome to our show. Hello, bad people. Welcome to our show. Hello, welcome, welcome. Many things we are going to discuss today and very important topics, especially about business, startups, entrepreneurial journey, how you can get results. We are going to cover many insights for someone who want to start for someone who meets stagnation yeah uh, i know about that uh, and uh, it's tough to find methods how to grow how to get results i'm so excited to discuss a lot more with travis jameson how are you i'm good man you make me excited with this intro speech you're giving i like it <laughs> yeah thank you travis before we start just tell more about yourself experience background and anything that can help our listeners to learn more about you yeah just like who i am um, yeah. just kind of a serial entrepreneur who started small and kept building more and more companies, bigger and bigger. Along the way, I would, uh, sometimes I would sell the companies. Sometimes I would keep them and like kind of put a good management team in place to run them. And so I could go and do other stuff. And sometimes, uh, it'd be all at the same time. Um, and then, uh, over time I became more of just a full-time investor, more of a like capital allocator and then less of an operator. Um, <clears throat> at this point, I think I've sold probably like probably like five or six companies, everything from like uh, SaaS companies to um, e-commerce. Like I'm in, I got an agency, I have a community, so I'm, I'm a bit in a little bit of everything. Um, so I've sold a few of the companies. I still have maybe like four or five wholly owned companies in my portfolio that like teams are running. And then I just spend my time investing in stuff. That's kind of where I'm at. Wow, nice. Love it, love it. Travis, uh, can you tell when you start these companies, you have the goal to sell in the end? Uh, it's like business model or uh, you uh, take the, these companies to, I don't know, like to grow to some level and to sell. So any tips about that? No, good, good question. Uh, none of them. All right. One of them was built to sell and that was in the middle of the journey. But at first, like None of them were, and even still, when I build them, like they they never really are. Like they're built to cash flow. Um, like I'm a I'm a kind of like a profit first kind of guy. That that kind of syncs with my personality pretty well. So yeah, they were built to just you know provide a good life, and then over time, sometimes either like some of them outgrew, or some of them maybe the value was really high, or some of them like maybe I just wanted to spend my time on other stuff, and so I just kind of sell some of them along the way. Wow, yeah, interesting, and you know. Before the podcast, we chatted a little bit about focusing, and uh, I know it's tough to pay attention to one business, but when you have a few, uh, it takes a lot more time, uh, and uh, you can't focus. It's a big issue, and um, I, I also have a few businesses. I help different clients, uh, and I know it's tough. And probably it's a good idea to focus in one business to get results and go ahead. Can, can you tell how you handle a few businesses and how to find people who can help on that? Uh, completely honestly, I don't think I handle it that well. Um, it's a it's a constant struggle for me to have that like deep work time. 
you know, that uninterrupted focus time where you kind of get in the flow state and you're like really focused on one thing. Um, at this point, I kind of have like the hold code model. Um, and so that that is an ongoing struggle with me, uh, to be honest. It's a very good problem to have at this stage. Like, let's let's not kid ourselves. Uh, but like the the day to day operations of all my companies, they are ran by like very capable management teams. Um, they are they're rock stars, really. Uh, I'm, I'm very, very lucky. And I have no idea how I attract them. I think <laughs> it's like <so> uh, <laughs> I kind of I, I tend to hire like basically other entrepreneurs. Um, so all the people running them are, are, are entrepreneurs in their own right. They're not just like general managers, that type of thing. Yeah. You know, for me, it's tough to believe in luck. Uh, I think uh, you need to find these people. And I know it's tough to find people who can manage, who can decide all this issue. C can you tell your methods how to hire great, great people like these managers that can handle almost everything when you don't spend time on that? Uh, so... Part of it is, I think a lot of them have been forced to take over more and more of the duties. Because as I come in and you know, maybe I get, I guess, distracted is, is kind of a word, or just you know motivate on another project and go off, and they know that I can't be relied upon for certain things. And that's a negative way of looking at it, but it is. And so they kind of, they kind of handle it and, and step up and, and do what needs to be done. Um, all, all of my actually literally 100% of like the management teams for all of my companies are from, you know, they've been in my circle already. Uh, if I don't know them directly then someone I do knows them directly. Um, so they're already kind of like in my world, uh, we, we share similar ways of, uh, seeing how the world works. Uh, and, and they're, they really are entrepreneurs. And so that's, that's the biggest thing. Like if, if you're hiring someone who's not an entrepreneur, you can't expect an entrepreneur level of uh, mindset and like management. But with with all these people, like they are entrepreneurs and they all have their own other projects outside of, uh, you know, my companies as well, which I'm totally fine with. Uh, so if you get those types of people and go after them, then you know, maybe you can replicate the results I've had. I don't know. Yeah. yeah interesting. And uh... I want to ask about encouragement. How to encourage people, uh, managers who have uh, separate projects, but how to motivate them to go with your project? Because I think it's important to have this focus when people spend time, more time um, in your project. Probably they can share this time with other projects, own projects. But uh, yeah, it's like focusing. It's very important to focus. So uh, do you share this revenue? Uh, or income with them. So, any tips about that? Uh, every, you know, every business has a different like financial structure and setup. So, um, there's no one thing that's all. Uh, but keeping them motivated, you know, they're they're kind of motivating themselves. Like, you know, the first thing is you just got to pay them well. Um, you know, earlier in my career, I didn't pay near as well, and. Uh, you know, I did, I did okay, but as soon as you started paying people like really well, then, um, you know, the, the results show for that. Um, you know, in, in some of the companies, there's there's equity and stuff like that. Uh, I mean, I've, you know, one of the companies, the, the CEO is buying more equity, like using his money to buy equity in the company. So when they see it as a good opportunity and a good thing for them, uh, that helps. And I think the other probably big thing is I... <sighs> All right, so you, you and I were entrepreneurs and we 
want to work a certain way. And, and I think one of the perks of being an entrepreneur is like no one's managing you or micromanaging you is the big thing. Like, you know, we have responsibilities to clients and customers and you know investors and all this stuff, but like we're not being micromanaged. And so that's how I treat all of my like employees as well. I am the opposite of a micromanager, uh, maybe to a fault, maybe too much actually. Uh, but so they they are in charge and they make the decisions and then we review those decisions and that's basically it. And so that's I think it's a way to get a lot of really good performance out of people. And it's a way to make them happier. Like they don't want me looking over their shoulder saying, oh, no, no, do this, dot it this way. Like, no, no, they, they want to do their own thing and I want them to do their own thing. So it just works for both of us. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> uh, Travis, uh, let's talk about uh... SaaS companies, you mentioned software as a service companies, and I, I know it's tough to create great soft. Uh, it's tough to create tools that are competitive with existing tools uh, or provide better results, uh, more benefits to customers. And it, it takes time even to build a team, to create this task, to control, to manage, to bug test, many things. So uh, you mentioned that you uh, created a few companies, sold them. But um, can you tell about, uh, I don't know, how long it took to uh, achieve some positions and why you decided to sell them if you can grow so uh, because it's your business model to sell when you have great results to show to potential customers that they can grow and go ahead with that so more insights if you can so i've had a, a couple small SaaS projects um, but i've only had one large SaaS company which was my biggest company to date uh, and so part of the reason for selling it is that i think we had outgrown it and there was a lot of risk with the business um i felt like it could have been shut down like we were was basically helping amazon sellers sell more um and so some of the some of the things in there like amazon could have we felt like shut us down and so there was there was a high degree of risk and if you look and you know we have like you know the company's worth a life-changing amount of money um and we could take that now or we could try to grow it to multiples of that and uh take more later Um, you know, it's it's the smart bet to take that first life-changing amount of money, at least for me. Like, people make different decisions, but for me, that that worked out. I also think I was uh, out of my league at that point. It had grown so ridiculously fast. Um, like, like, Silicon Valley tech startups would dream to, ha like, have our revenue growth rate at the time. It was, it was insane. Uh, and I was totally out of my element. Like, I was... You know, I've been kind of this like solopreneur type who suddenly got thrown into a, a company. Um, you know, I think it, I think at its peak, this is after I'd sold part of it, I think at its peak it got up to like, what, like 700,000 MRR or something like that. Like this is mm -hmm. after I'd already sold most of it, unfortunately. Um, but so this, this thing was a rocket ship and I, <laughs> I wasn't a CEO like that. Um, and even now, like, I mean, if you throw me in the exact same situation now, uh, I can handle it much better. I know, you know, I'm more developed entrepreneur or CEO or whatever. But I'm still not like that type of CEO. I'm more of a founder and an investor and less like a CEO. And so I felt like I, it had outgrew me even. Um, and I know people like to say that when they're selling companies, to, and it's always bullshit what you tell the, the people acquiring it. But in this case, it was actually true. Like uh, it had definitely outgrown me. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I want to get back uh, 
to the ideas to start a new business and um, I have a bunch of ideas thousand ideas and um, it takes time to brainstorm to think uh, where I can make difference where I can find great people who can help me to make this difference and uh, can you tell your methods how to brainstorm okay you found a great idea and uh, why uh, how you brainstorm and think that this idea will uh, work in the end because many startups more startups I don't remember the number like 95% of startups fail to get results so uh, tell how you uh, analyze and make preparation before starting something new uh mine are fairly simple uh so you know i've had a lot of successful companies then i've had a few businesses that were just kind of went meh and fizzled out like no major losses, but all the ones that fizzled out were ones where I was like, I think I have a cool idea or even better. This is the big one. I think I found this easy way to make a little bit of money that we can kind of do it real quick and then get out and be fine. Um, or some like automated money or something like that. And that has never worked. It's like all of the companies that have done really well are literally things where I'm scratching my own itch. Like I feel like something needs to exist in the world. And so I'm making it exist so the the SaaS company like i basically built what i needed myself my uh investor community um that i have right now snowballclub.com it it's what i wanted for myself my seo agency i wanted these types of links and wanted this type of building stuff it's it's all just just what i've wanted for myself and those are the things that tend to to do the best um and also if you're really solving problems for people instead of nice to haves like nice to haves are are hard, especially when, you know, the economy turns or something like that. Um, so if, if you're making it so like people receive very quick benefits, then uh, it's a much easier sell. Mm -hmm. That's just me. That's my history. Yeah, I got it. Uh, uh, I want to share my short story uh, about uh, failing story, you know, uh, and once I started one business because I found uh, a market gap good money uh, and uh, i predicted great revenue but the topic was not my best experience uh, far away from that so and i started this business because of chasing money and we hired a big team of people who can handle the project uh, and after three years when i hated Monday, I loved Friday, I got it, no way, I will never <laughs> get again. So we quit, uh, close everything, uh, and I decided to never touch any topics if I'm not passionate about that. Can you tell about your, uh, I don't know, if you take different businesses, your passion on these topics, you love what you do, and uh, I think it's a big issue when you suffer, to do something you know because of money or uh, when you love it and it, i don't know how to love M many different topics probably you love to earn money so let us know <laughs> your emotions about that all right so like the the stuff i love that has come from that yeah um there's so many like different facets of it so so many of mine that have worked out well for me have been uh the things I'm passionate about, which is, is making money um, and and not because I like Lamborghinis or something like that, because I don't mm -hmm. like them. Uh, it's, it's more like the freedom that it brought. And it's kind of just a really fun game. It's like, you know, you're playing a video game and you're collecting coins. Like that's, that's kind of how I see it. So uh, <clears throat> all, all of the companies that did really well, um, 
were, were the things that it's, it's not like I was overly passionate about it. It's just, I was passionate about the results that they brought. That made mm -hmm. sense. Um, so some of like my supplement companies, like some of those I've been kind of passionate about. Uh, but I don't think I have a good answer to your question, to be honest. I just don't. <laughs> okay. I got it. Yeah, that's okay. Uh, Travis, uh, I want to ask about AI. Uh, what do you think about AI? And if you uh, have projects in SaaS uh, industry, it's important to consider AI. Uh, I spoke with Jeff Coyle. He, he's co-founder of Market Muse, and he told me that in the future we will have three companies. The first company will uh, develop AI, the second implement, and the third company will be obsolete, who can leave the trade. So basically, I think AI is it's like must-have today. Uh, and uh, what do you think about AI and uh, how you use AI, you know, to grow your companies that you have? What What's the story? Like the companies in the future will have two employees. A man and the dog. Uh, the dog will be there to make sure the man doesn't touch any buttons, and the man will be there to feed the dog. I think that's the that's the, the story. Um, I don't really use AI in <clears throat> pretty much anything I do. Actually, mm -hmm. uh, I think it's super useful for a lot of um, different companies and, and different individuals, but for me, it, it doesn't. You know my my brain is full of making decisions. Like that's mm -hmm. what my job is at this point. I'm making decisions like, do I want to invest in this? Do we want to do this new campaign? Do like this, how do we grow this company? And AI doesn't really help with any of that. I think AI is helping more with the specific tactical stuff. Like AI is basically like a little assistant. So every, every employee can have their own little assistant that helps with some of the grunt work now, but I don't do any of the grunt work. So for me, it's, it's not really helping with stuff uh, like our SEO agency. We, um, so it's smashdigital.com. We, we don't really use AI in there either. Like we have a full-time guy who's a content creator using AI, but we don't use that for any client projects. We kind of use that for some of our in-house stuff and it's, it's been fine. Like we found that the best content has come from like a very much hybrid. Like you can use uh chat GPT or some of the others to, to create it, but really it still takes hours to put together a post because it has to be so, um, well, edited and then like um the prompts put together in specific orders like one at a time not just create a thousand words like that doesn't really work if you want of course stuff. yeah um so again in not really anything i mean like our e-commerce companies we use ai to for like you know some branding exercises and stuff but nothing major not like major operations for literally anything um yeah yeah i got it got it yeah uh you mentioned a few times about your SEO agency. So this agency can help to grow your other projects or uh, it works uh, for yeah. other clients as well. I would say roughly maybe 40% of all the work the agency does is for um, you know our internal companies or some of my other portfolio companies and investments and stuff like that. Uh, so you know wherever I invest in a company, they get access to my agency um at a, at a at a major discount um so that's mm -hmm. that's kind of one of the the perks to me investing in your company um <clears throat> so yeah so we, it's it's worked out we, really well it's a very old agency it's like 12 years old which is you know ancient in seo terms yeah so you still pay <laughs> for, uh, to your agency for promotion some projects yeah <laughs> interesting and yeah we, we do things a little differently so uh you know we really focus on 
like building links, like like building agency. Like we do the other stuff. We do the, mm-hmm. you know, deep audits and all that stuff. But like links are where we stand out because um, we've we've built a process that I would say like maybe like ten other agencies in the entire world um, are doing. Like it's 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 very difficult. So uh, right now, like most SEO agencies, at least on the link building part, they all do the same thing. They all put together their list of, or they scrape the list, or they borrow from other people. They do whatever. These lists of sites that you go and like, you give a hundred bucks to, and you can put a post with a link on it. We've all seen these sites. They have the same categories. They have, you know, health, technology, yeah. um, parenting, like all travel. They have this. This these are guest post farms. That's all they are. They're guest post farms. You pay the hundred bucks, and and fine. Those links have a use. They have a use sometimes, but like not as the core link building strategy. Because so many of these sites have been devalued or have like outbound link building uh, penalties. Like, so the site doesn't even pass juice and you don't know it. Um, so we didn't do that. We are building like the legit white hat links that take an army of people to create that you earn, that you don't pay for. Sometimes the, the sites even pay us a fee for posting on there. Like we are their writers basically. Um, so we're earning the links those way. Uh, but the sites are very juicy. Um, it's It's been surprising that going white hat has produced better results because you're able to get better sites that have more juice and that type of thing. So that's kind of where we have been with the SEO stuff and it's, it's worked fantastically. Um, the, wow. the, the good strategy for people to use is like you use these big heavy hitter, like high DR, high authority sites, I should say high authority sites. You're not messing with anchor text. You're not making with any of that. You're just raising the authority of your site. And then those other kind of guest posts that we talked about, then you kind of snipe those, you know, maybe you'd need like one or two anchor texts. And you can't get that white hat. And so you'll you'll get those one or two anchor texts from those uh, links you can buy. But then like the bulk of your um, of your domain portfolio is just really good white hat links. Wow. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. I know link building is a big challenge for me, for my clients. And yeah, I spend so much time on link building as well. But we, we use PR in most cases. Oh, that's great. And, yeah, PR works well, and uh, I paid for one press release for one PR campaign, $6,000 for one press release. And when I counted that I need to write 12 press releases a week, uh, it's a lot of money, 72K. A press so, release or a PR campaign? Uh, you know, we use PR uh, like link building uh, to uh, get mentions, links, uh, to increase authority. Uh, but um, yeah, uh, we adapted to PR strategy to link building. And uh, for example, uh, to, we got mentions on CNN, Bloomberg, Forbes, uh, many big, big websites with PR. And uh, when we paid $6,000 for uh, one PR campaign to well-known companies in the UK, uh, and uh, yeah, when they charge $6,000, we counted, okay, we need to pay 72000 a week. It's a lot. So basically, we uh, w- how I learned that, uh, I started to write press li- releases myself. I wrote a bunch of them. I got zero mentions, zero results, nothing. Then I learned how it works, and we hired specialists. Even we didn't hire them because uh, this specialist wrote for us, for our blog, and most of them uh, publish content on Forbes, big websites, investor pay them. We help a lot in investing trading niches. And we just uh, explain to them how to write press releases. Yeah, just uh, they usually write blog posts, but the press releases 
format are shorter, trended topics, uh, and uh, the length like 300, 500 words. So we explained to them, uh, and uh, yeah, it took for a while to get first results, but today our results are much better than PR agency can provide, a lot better. So when we got mentions uh, on Bloomberg, we understand its quality. You know, when you get from CNN, uh, big websites, uh, investing.com, Coindesk, we understand, wow, PR works well. Uh, and you don't need to pay a lot of money for PR. Um, you, you need to learn the process, how it works. You need to learn tools, how to reach out to write uh, journalists. And yeah, it works well. You can get great results, but it takes time. It takes time uh, for me. I spent like six months to get first results. Six months without just trying, failing. And, but yeah, when uh, we craft. Yeah, I think your sound disappeared, right? Wasn't me. This is this is just my show now. Yeah, I'm just gonna take over. <laughs> Did the dog unplug the mic? I think the dog unplugged the mic. All right, so he's gonna pet his dog, and this is welcome to the Travis Show. Fix it. Ah, oh, it's back. You're back. Okay, I changed my microphone to something else, you know, to my basic. Uh, yeah. Can you hear me? Yes. Ah, I'm sorry for that. I love my no. dog. It's a great dog. <laughs> but it happens. Uh, yeah, Travis, um, uh, can, you, can you explain more about your link, link building methods? Because White Hat SEO consists of different methods. I don't know, like you mentioned that you don't use guest posting, but you can use something else. Uh, I mean, like uh, uh, different types of outreach, broken link building, I don't know, skyscraper. So how do you choose the right strategy? And so, I mean, there are tons of strategies that that work somewhat. You know, you mentioned the broken link building. There's the, what's like the skyscraper method. Then there's the 30 hackers, like shotgun skyscraper. There's all these things that are white hat. But the problem is that they they all quit working fairly soon um, because as soon as they get popular, then everyone does it. And then, you know, like how many emails do you get asking for a link to like in this? And how many do you respond to? Like zero. I will I will actually occasionally respond if someone's really cool um, and really funny and really personal. Like I will I will do it, but it's very rare. Um, so. That, that's that for the way that that we're doing it is we're essentially finding these very big legit companies out there that are publishing the content and like l that want us to be there so we're, we're not pestering them to get in like we're we're building the relationships with them and then we're just publishing on their on their sites but you know, these are going through like multiple editors, multiple writers and outreach people like it's it's a very long, arduous process. And so that's that's kind of the dif difference. Like everyone else. And I say like not actually 99 percent of the other like link building agencies are just um, doing massive outreach like, hey, can I give you 100 bucks to put your post on there? And like, that's not what we do. And so when we do create these posts, like we have to 
we can't just stuff a bunch of like links and anchor text in there. Like it has to be actually providing value for readers because readers are actually going to read this. Um, in fact, our stuff gets shared all the time. Like how many, when's the last time that you saw like one of these shady link building sites? When's the last time somebody actually shared one of those? They don't, but they share ours because they're actually providing value. Um, and just the, the biggest difference in all of that is just the sites that you can get on. You can't yeah. get on the good sites doing the other method, but with our method, you can, and it just takes a lot more work. That's it. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Travis, I, let's talk about mistakes. Uh, in my life, I made a lot of mistakes. I keep doing them. I, do, I don't know another way how to uh, go ahead without doing mistakes. So I shared my story about PR when I failed many times. I shared my story about the project that I hated, <laughs> but uh, so, but that, that is why I quit. I think it's not a bad idea to quit. Uh, I don't like this phrase, never give up. If you hate it, give up <laughs> you know, because yeah, you, yeah. You, you can't lose anything. Uh, we have one life. It's better to be happy. And um, yeah, uh, you, you mentioned about success. I, I like it, but what about failing? I think everyone has many mistakes. And uh, if you can share some mistakes that you uh, got and learn from them, so we'll be great. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so I mean, there's been like a handful one is the idea of kind of like passive money. Um, I mean, as an investor, you can do that. But as you know, this kind of like quasi operator, like it does, I don't think it really exists. Um, so I've, you know, bought a few businesses um, that were kind of just like content sites and stuff like that. And, you know, if you are buying, let, let's say like, here's one of the sites I bought, it was like a quarter million dollars. And at a quarter million bucks, um, you know, it's essentially what you divide that by like 3.5 and that's how much it's making a year. Uh, you can't afford to put a rock star employee on that. Right. And so it kind of comes this like no man's land where you can't really do anything like quality on it. Like you can have somebody do something, but nothing good. Um, and, and then so you're either spending all of your profits to boost it up or you're not reinvesting in it. So it slowly declines. Um, and so I've, I've had multiple of those, uh, back when I would buy entire businesses, which I don't anymore. And all of them kind of fizzled out. Like none of them were like embarrassingly huge losses. And in fact, a lot of them were kind of small gains, but there was a huge opportunity cost. There's a huge amount of like mental waste on those types of things. That's been a big one. Uh, Another is my my current e-commerce company. Uh, it so whenever people have like their first big exit, uh, most people do this, and I wasn't any better. Um, I thought I was going to be better, but I wasn't. Uh, you you think that you're you're better than you are, that like you have these skills that 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 you actually don't. Maybe like there's a lot of luck in all this stuff. And so my e-commerce company, <clears throat> I invested heavily. Um, and because it was, you know, we weren't going to investors. I was just investing my own capital into it. I went way beyond what should have happened. Um, so if you're, if you're investing like investors money or you're bootstrapping, you're going to get a lot of information back and then you can tweak what you're doing or stop what you're doing or do any of that stuff. Um, but when you're 
when you're cashed up and you're like focusing on other stuff, you're just like throwing money at throwing money at it. It kind of get away from me. And so I ended up putting like over a million bucks um, into this one uh, like e-commerce supplement company. And I never should have done that. I should have like bootstrapped and I learned from this. And now like all of my companies are very much like bootstrap mentality. Like let's go profit first type of thing. Um, and, and this company thankfully did well and only did well because we brought on a really good CEO who, you know, he's now part owner and he, um, he just took it and grew it and handled all of that. And that wasn't, I don't get the benefits. I mean, I get the benefits of it, but I don't get the credit for doing that. Uh, he did. And he, he turned it around something that could have resulted in me losing a million bucks and probably should have been, um, I didn't because of him. Um, but that, that's one that I've seen a lot of people do, uh, same thing when people first like have a big exit and they start angel investing. Oh, I mean, I'm angel investing has been good to me, uh, but I don't recommend it for most people and I don't really do it much anymore either. Uh, but the problem is probably like your first like 10 angel investments will almost certainly be horrible. Um, there's exceptions, but like almost certainly will be horrible because uh, you don't have good deal flow yet. You're still like learning the ropes. You don't know. You just don't know what you don't know. Um, and so I look back like my first 10 angel investments and, and, you know, most of those were write off. I might have one that does okay, but like, um, overall that's, that's a big one. So pe people get cashed up the first time they, they tend to make some mistakes. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I think it's a good idea to learn from mistakes and, uh, because some people can give up, but yeah. And we, everyone can make these mistakes. Uh, uh, and uh, you mentioned that you can't invest properly the first time i think it's the same like to creating content you can't write a great article you can film a great video mr beast film 100 bad videos before <laughs> becoming mr beast so it's the same just to learn from mistakes uh, and yeah to go ahead travis uh, i have my final question yeah, it's it's very important question for my audience uh about uh yeah sorry two questions um and uh the first question about your experience i want to ask you if you started today from scratch without any experience knowledge skills it's your first day in this journey what will you do differently and what you recommend to others to do it um i mean today the building someone's brand is much easier and has a lot more influence um i don't have a necessarily large brand uh but i would probably do that i think like like TikTok and stuff like that um has a, a whole lot of opportunity to get big uh really quickly and and same with twitter twitter's harder but i mean there, there are people can come on and you know they they put in a lot of effort for a couple months and you got like twenty thousand followers and you can bring a lot of money from that so that's that's one way um i would actually if i had the same knowledge i would go seo um even though like you know my day-to-day -day, i don't do too much seo myself anymore but uh, that is still, I think, a great way to learn how to do things and like make some cash, some good cash without a massive investment, um, relatively speaking. I, would, I can tell you what I wouldn't do. That's the best way. I, I would not do e-commerce. E-commerce is hard. It's stupid expensive. It eats up so much money. Um, SaaS, if, you, if you're a developer, then do a little like one-person SaaS. Go get funding from Tiny Seed or something like that. Um, I think that's great, but um, otherwise, no. Uh, agencies, I think, are awesome, but you have to expect there's going to be like a ceiling to how big a lot of them can be, and they require 
you know, getting good people to operate it. Otherwise you're going to be the operator forever. Uh, so there's, there's all kinds of things that can be great. Just kind of to the individual person and how much cash do you have available for it? Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. And my final question about your daily routine, about your schedule, how you start your morning, how you finish your day. So, and uh, let us know how to prioritize stuff <laughs> during the day. All right. Uh, God, it's going to be so cliche. I'm, I'm kind of embarrassed to say it. All right. So I do what everyone makes fun of now. Like I get up and I immediately go into my cold plunge. Um, that's how I start the day. Then I do like a 15 minute mobility routine. Uh, it's actually like a 14 minute. So Charlie Munger did a great uh, talk. I think it was like a commencement speech or something like that. Like the psychology of human misjudgment and uh, tiny, I think tiny capital. They went and like made an abridged like edited version that's like 14 minutes long and so i put that every morning i put that on as i start my mobility routine and then it finishes right as i'm finishing so it's a good way to start the day uh then after like showering i immediately get to work do a little quick meditation first and then um a little morning journaling and again this sounds cliche but i actually do it and it helps me a lot um and then i just prioritize so i'm using the app right now, like uh, Sun Sama, I think it's like a time blocking app, which has been really good for me. Like you, you take my task from like Notion or, or Todoist or whatever, and then you throw it into Sun Sama and it like priority, it puts it on your calendar. So like, oh, I know at like 930, I'm doing this at 10, I'm doing this. Uh, and that's been really useful for me. Then I work out around like 1 p.m., then break my fast and that's pretty much it you know do some light work in, in the evening and that's my day wow nice nice love it love it travis it's a big pleasure to get on the show to learn from you i love this experience so fun valuable let us know which way is better to follow you to reach out to you to uh, uh to contact with you anything <laughs> yeah uh so my my personal site is travis.vc um, and there you can find like all my different companies and like all you can find mine. And I mean, we didn't, we didn't talk about like my investment holding company, which is smash VC. stuff like that. So you can go through there. You can find my Twitter and you can go for there. Wow. Nice. Uh, guys, you can find links, uh, to the website, to Twitter account in the description below. Listen to us on Apple, Google, Spotify. Thanks again, Travis. A big pleasure. Love it. Absolutely so valuable. It. You know how to share a value, you know how to lead in the right direction because I see many entrepreneurs who uh, want to sell something. You don't try to sell anything. You just share valuable insights. I love it. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to Unmiss. Enjoyed the show? Drop us a review on your favorite platform and help us spread the digital marketing wisdom. See you next episode.